This is the Orville Christian Church Podcast. Each week, you'll find content that helps you take your next step closer to Jesus. Join us online at orville.church slash live. Well, Happy New Year, everyone. So glad that you're here today in person. Also, if you're joining us online, thanks so much for connecting with us today. Um, We had a great Christmas here at OCC. I know many of you uh, probably joined us for one of our five Christmas candlelight services. We ended up having 952 people join us in person. And I know we probably double counted some of you, but that's okay, I think, right? 952. Um, To our best estimation... Uh, we also uh, had 550 people join us online, and so uh, we're just really excited about what God is doing and how we were able to connect with that many people over the holidays, and uh, I'm excited today about continuing a message series that Jesse started last Sunday called How Can I Change? And, and I think one of the biggest factors when it comes to change is what we believe to be true. One of the biggest factors when it comes to change is what we believe to be true, whether that be about God, whether that be about others, or whether that be about ourselves. And and these beliefs that we have can be very subtle, even subconscious, but they hold a lot of power and influence in our lives. For instance, just a personal story, several years ago, I began to notice that there was this kind of this recording that was playing in my mind regularly. You have those recordings? Most days when I'd wake up, I'd hear it, and it would kind of stick with me throughout the day. It was extremely subtle, but I started to realize that it was influencing my mood and my behavior in a negative way. And and I'm not sure where I picked it up, but this, this constantly repeating message was something that I had come to believe was true, and here it was. I'm not good enough. Have you ever heard or thought that? You know, John, you're just not good enough. You know, whether that be in ministry or as a dad or a husband or sometimes even out on the golf course, right? Wherever it might be, that recording kept playing, John, you're just not good enough. And, and that's, that's pretty discouraging, isn't it? Now, in one sense, that's absolutely true. The Bible says there is no one who does good, not even one. And I admit, I'm, I'm a sinner. I fall short in many ways. I'm not good enough in the sense of earning or deserving heaven. But guess what? Nobody is, right? Romans 3 goes on to say, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's why God sent his son, Jesus. We just celebrated that at Christmas. There's good news. I don't have to be good enough. And it's a good thing because I'll never be good enough. But I can be humble enough to believe and receive what God has done for me. And friends, that changes everything. It creates a whole new script. Maybe the recording in your mind is something like this. I'm unlovable. Or or God would never accept me. Or I'm hopeless. Whatever that ongoing message is for you, I would guess you are believing something today to be true, that is really a lie. Whether that's about God, whether that's about others or about yourself, and that false belief is crippling your potential for change. But what if, okay, I want you to imagine this, what if 
you could get a new recording and a new script. Wouldn't that bring some significant change in your life? Wouldn't that be exciting? Say yes. <laughs> yes. So, so as we continue our series today, I want to look at another teaching in the life of the Apostle Paul, because Paul is the poster child for change. God did an incredible work in his life. And I believe the same God is alive and at work today. And I believe God can change my life and your life. One day, Paul was a violent persecutor of the church. I mean, literally, his name was Saul at that point. But, but Paul was trying to destroy and even kill Christians. And, and then the next day, Paul meets Jesus. And, and he was transformed into a, a church planter. I mean, the change was so dramatic, people couldn't believe it. But, but Paul knows something about change. And so today I want us to look at two Bible passages that Paul penned. We could look at a lot more, but I want to focus in on two that I believe can help us change as well. All right, the first is found in Romans chapter 12. Go ahead and turn there if you would with me. Romans is in the New Testament. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and then Romans. If you do not have a copy of God's word, we have free copies back at the next step area in the back of this room. We also should have maybe some copies there on the chair rack in front of you. You can also download a digital version of the Bible by using the YouVersion Bible app. And if you don't have the YouVersion Bible app, you need to have it. You just, you just do. And you can download that on your phone or tablet. I want you to know today that with God's help, you can change. In fact, I want you to turn to the person next to you right now. I want you to tell them that. You can change. Go ahead. You can change. That's right. You can change. Now, I want you to turn back to them and I want you to say, yes, even you, all right? Even you. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what this series is all about, all right? Last Sunday, Jesse did a great job. He talked about the Holy Spirit, that change is possible through the Spirit. And one of the things the Spirit does is he empowers us to set our minds on the truth. Here's an illustration we're using for this series. Uh, I want you to picture yourself kind of like a tree, right? We're, we're, we're a tree here, planted, and the Spirit is blowing and moving in our lives, and we are being rooted and grounded here in the truth. See, we believe change requires the nutrients of truth in our lives, just like a tree, a growing tree, a healthy tree requires fertile soil, and Paul, Paul, in the scriptures here, he, he teaches us how important truth is in our lives. And he points to this in Romans 12. Look at verse number two. Here's what the Bible says. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be what? Transformed. Be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. Then, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. I, I don't know about you. I want to know what God's will is, God's way. Once you do that, you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And man, if there's one verse maybe to highlight for this series, you might want to highlight that one, underline it, put a star beside it. Because right there in this one verse, I really believe Paul tells us how change happens. 
That word translated transformed is where we get our English word metamorphosis. And what is metamorphosis? I think of it as a caterpillar, right? Turning into a butterfly. And that's a pretty dramatic change, isn't it? It illustrates the process of transformation, how something can change over time into an entirely different form. But how does that work for us? Well, Paul says two things. First, the negative command. He says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. I really like how another translation puts it. It says, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. In other words, don't be influenced by the false anti-Christian religions and worldviews that are out there. Don't buy into the anything goes, if it feels good, do it mentality and value system of our society. Instead, here's the positive command, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's really where the battle is. It's the battle in our mind. And Paul is saying here, shape your life according to a biblical worldview. Orient your life around what is eternal and not just on the here and now. And Paul writes this in such a way that this is to be an ongoing action. This isn't just a one-time thing, but every day, moment by moment, continue to let yourself be transformed. Something we, we don't see really in our English translations is that these two verbs, conform and transformed, are in the passive voice. I don't know if we have any English teachers in our midst today. I, I am not a grammar expert, okay? But I do know the change that Paul has in view here, this metamorphosis is not something we do or even can do, but it is something done to us by God. It's ultimately God's work. Now, we still have a part to play, obviously. We, we have a responsibility to desire change and to surrender ourselves to the power of God's spirit living in us. But at the end of the day, this is God's doing. And how does he do it? By the renewing of your mind. Here's what happens. The spirit of God renews our ability to think straight, to flip the script in our minds. The spirit comes in and renews our ability to think straight, to, to stop that recording that is oftentimes full of lies. But then, the Word of God, the Bible, renews the content of our minds. And this is so very important. Jesus prayed this prayer for his disciples in John 17, 17. He said, oh, Father, sanctify them or change them in other words. How? By the truth. And where do we find the truth? Jesus continues, your word is truth. Your word is truth. God's word is truth, and it's his truth that renews our minds and brings about the transformation in our lives. You see, God wants his truth to transform the way we think because what we believe determines how we behave. What you believe is gonna determine how you live your life. 
And so this is really this, this, this idea of how can I change is really right here between the ears, in our mind, our thinking. And this leads to a second passage from Paul. I, I'm, I'm, I'm committing the, the air that I was taught not to do in preaching class, and that is go to a couple different verses in the same sermon, but I'm going to do it anyway. 2 Timothy 3, it's just to the right of Romans. I want to include this passage because it's just, it's just good stuff, right? It's good stuff. But 2 Timothy 3, Paul shares some things with Timothy, his son in the faith, that, that are super relevant. And it's super relevant about the Bible and, and how we can change. Paul is writing this in the context of some people in the church who were teaching what was false. Okay? There is such a thing as truth, meaning there are some things that are not true. There are things that are false. And so Paul writes these words to Timothy, verse 14. He says, but as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of. Because you know those from whom you believed it and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. First, Paul points out here the source of Scripture. Or we could say, really, the source of truth, right? Where did truth come from? Where, where, did, where did the Scriptures come from? Well, Paul says here, it, it came from God. He says all Scripture, which would include not only the Old Testament, but also the New Testament, is breathed out by God. Now, some translations use the word inspired. Maybe you have a translation that says all scripture is inspired by God. This is where we get the doctrine of inspiration. But please don't misunderstand that word. It does not mean the Bible is just an inspirational book. It's much more than that. The Bible comes from the very breath and mouth of God. 2 Peter 1.21 says, For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So men like Paul, who wrote Scripture, they spoke and, and wrote down the words of God as they were guided by the Holy Spirit. And Paul wants Timothy to be reminded of this and to have confidence that all Scripture is from God and is, therefore, the truth. He tells him to continue in what he has learned from the scriptures and to not waver in what he has become convinced of. One of the reasons Timothy was convinced that the scriptures were true was because of the people he had learned it from. Not only did he learn it from Paul, but Timothy also learned it, verse 15 says, from infancy. If we go back to 2 Timothy 1, Paul mentions the faith of Timothy's grandmother, Lois, and his mother, Eunice. And Paul says, the same sincere faith that lived in them now also lived in Timothy. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Don't you want that for your family? I want that for my family. Man, this points to the importance of parents and grandparents, this idea of truth, and specifically the truth we find in Scripture. It's something we need to be teaching 
and modeling from an early age. I think back to the teachers I had as a young boy. I had, I had mom and dad, and my mom is actually here this morning down here. Say, hi, mom. Hi, mom. Hi, mom. I, I, had, I had my mom and dad, yes, but I also had women and men in the church who taught my Sunday school classes and were a part of the youth ministry that I was a part of. And those adults made a huge difference in my life and set my life on a trajectory of truth. And I know many of you in our audience today, you're involved in teaching. Man, way to go, what a gift. But let me ask you as we begin 2022, who are your teachers? Who do you listen to and learn from and and do they support and really teach the principles found in God's word? But even more than that, who are you teaching? Be a Lois and a Eunice to your kids and grandkids. Be a Paul to a younger man or a younger woman. What an opportunity we have to teach truth and model change for others. And so Paul says, man, the source of Scripture is God. It's all Scripture is God-breathed. And then he points to also the sufficiency of Scripture. Not all truth is in the Bible, but the Bible is all truth. And it contains everything we need to know to follow Jesus. Paul writes to Timothy in verse 15, you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So the scriptures are sufficient to show us the way to be saved. And that way is through faith in Christ. This is a major teaching of Paul. Paul wrote, 13 different books in the New Testament. Almost 50% of the entire New Testament was penned by Paul as he was guided by the Holy Spirit. And this is a major theme that keeps coming up, that salvation is not earned through good works, but it is received through faith in Jesus Christ. One of the false teachings Paul dealt with throughout his ministry is the idea that salvation can be found in Jesus plus something else. Jesus plus circumcision, Jesus plus Sabbath observance, Jesus plus worshiping on a certain day or in a certain place, Jesus plus just kind of fill in the blank. But Paul's like, no, 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 no. Salvation is found in Jesus and in him alone. But the Bible doesn't just teach us how to be saved. It also teaches us how to be sanctified. I know that's kind of a churchy word, but... Basically, sanctification means that the Bible teaches us how to change, how to become like Christ. Paul continues, he says, Scripture is useful or profitable for what? For teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Teaching and rebuking relate to what we believe. We are to teach truth and sound doctrine. We are to rebuke lies and false teaching. And then correcting and training in righteousness relates to how we behave or how we live. We are to correct those in the church who are living in a pattern of sin, and and that can be difficult. But we are to train them to walk in righteousness. Because again, what we believe determines how we behave, how we live. And so today, maybe, maybe you're stuck in some kind of pattern. And maybe it's some kind of sin pattern. 
and you're like, why am I not changing? Well, perhaps you need to know and understand more of the truth of all scripture and then apply that truth into your life. John, Jesus said in John 8, look at, the, look at these verses. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. And he says, then you will know the truth and the truth will what? The truth will set you free, right? Yeah. Don't you want to be set free today from the lies that cause you to feel stuck and hinder the change that God wants to work in your life? I know I do. Jesus says, it's the truth that'll set you free. Let me give you just a few examples of that. The truth about creation, that God created you with purpose and value, that will set you free from meaninglessness. There are a lot of people in our world today who don't believe that truth, and they feel, they feel like their life is meaningless. If, if you come to know the truth about creation, it'll set you free from meaninglessness. The truth about sin will set you free from pride. The truth about love will set you free from selfishness. The truth about forgiveness will set you free from guilt. The truth about God's providence, his care for you and our world will set you free from worry about tomorrow. The truth about the kingdom of God will set you free from pessimism about the future. Let me tell you, there's a lot of pessimism today about the future. But if you know the truth about the kingdom of God, it'll set you free from that. The truth about the resurrection of Jesus, it'll set you free from the fear of death. And the truth about the cross of Christ will set you free from the fear of judgment. We could go on and on. But how can I change, you ask? Oh, it's in the truth. Change is possible in the truth. Friends, it'll set you free. It'll transform and renew your mind. And then back, back to 2 Timothy 3. Paul writes, the scriptures are useful in doing these things so that the servant of God, and, and originally he's talking to Timothy here, but he's also talking to us, the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That is an incredible statement. That the Bible, the God-breathed scriptures are sufficient to equip us for all the good works God wants us to do in life. When it comes to spiritual matters, when it comes to the kingdom of God, when it comes to God's purpose, I mean, do you ever wonder what God wants you to do? Seek him in his word. Are you having trouble changing a certain area in your life? Man, discover the truth you need for transformation in God's word. See, God has provided all we need through the Spirit and in the truth. And in the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about more kind of elements of what God uses to bring about change. But friends, God has spoken. Isn't that amazing? God has spoken, and he wants to speak to you. 
And what treasures of truth are waiting to be found? What treasures of truth are waiting to be uncovered in this new year as we come to his word on a regular basis? And let me tell you, if you're not engaged in a Bible reading plan right now, if you haven't really cracked open your Bible in a while, man, get going today. There's a Bible reading bookmark back in the next step area that you can use. Pick it up and start following along. Get connected in an adult Bible fellowship class where you can hear more of the teaching from God's word. Any youth here in our audience, go to Bible and Breakfast, 945 every Sunday. You're going to have teachers that are going to be teaching you God's word. Get in a small group where you can connect with others and get rooted and grounded in the truth together. A couple weeks ago, I mentioned a resource called Core 52. And uh, 32 of us did the Core 52 Bible reading plan on Version. It was a lot of fun. But some of you, I know I've talked to you, you've already bought the book, you're, you're, you've jumped in, you've dived into it, which is awesome. Today we have copies of that resource back in the next step area. Books are $14 each. The student edition is $10. We're not making any money, we're just charging what we got them for. But Core 52 and 22, it kind of has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? But more importantly, this is a resource that's gonna help you change in the truth of God's word. Author Mark Moore writes this, he says, the Bible is God's authoritative word and when you apply its principles to your life, you will be transformed. And he says a simple strategy as you read the Bible is to answer two questions. And here's, here's what I want you to do this week. As you are reading the Bible, okay, I want you to answer these two questions this week. What stood out to you in this passage? And how are you going to live that out practically in your life that day? What stood out and how am I going to live this out practically? I'd suggest reading a chapter a day in the Bible. And as you do, ask and answer these two questions. Because change is possible in the truth. And friends, let me just tell you that it it starts when we accept Jesus into our lives. When we make a decision to follow him, when we do that, this, this is so incredible. When we decide to follow Jesus with our lives, when we accept and receive him into our life, we are given two incredible gifts. You know what those gifts are? The first one is the forgiveness of sins. Not only are our past and present sins, not only are those forgiven, but also all of our future sins paid for. We are forgiven people. God declares us not guilty because of what Jesus has done. But that's not all. God gives us a second gift, and that is the Holy Spirit. Not only are we guilty of sin, but we are sin sick. We have this disease called sinfulness, and so God gives us his spirit, and the spirit is like a medicine that brings healing and wholeness. The number one job of the Holy Spirit is to make us holy. And what does that require? It requires change. And so how can I change? It begins by responding to what Jesus has done for each and every one of us. Believe. Put your trust in Jesus and what he has done. 
Repent, turn to God and away from sin. Confess, declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And then finally, be baptized. Wash away your sins, calling on his name. If you'd like to respond to Jesus today or have questions and would like to talk with somebody, please, if you're joining us online, leave us a comment or head back to the next step area in the back of this room. Friends, you can change but you can't do it by yourself. Let's respond now as we continue our worship.